Jesus said, Woe to you who are rich, for you have received the consolation. My Father. Whoa, Jesus. You actually expect me to see something? There are literally people here looking at me who are rich. Just tell me what you want me to say to them. Jesus said, Woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry. Father, Son, Jesus, it's me again. There are people here who ate a big breakfast before coming here and are filled now. Is woe to you really the message you want them to hear? Jesus said, Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. Jesus, this is getting really awkward here. There are people here who have been laughing at comedies on Netflix and funny videos on YouTube this weekend. Please tell me what you want me to say to them. Jesus said, Woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way. Jesus, there are many here who people speak well of and are well respected. Please tell me what you want me to say to them. Friends, when we hear these difficult teachings from Jesus and his church, like we heard with these four woes in today's gospel, it's awfully tempting for us to ignore them, to call them ridiculous, or be dismissive of them in some other way. But Jesus wants us to wrestle with these, to try to understand them from his perspective, and try to see them through his eyes. So today, let us look at these through Jesus' eyes. With this being World Marriage Week, with today being World Marriage Day, and with tomorrow being St. Valentine's Day, let's look at these four woes through the lens of love. But I want to be more specific here, specific kind of love. By a show of hands, who's heard of the book The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Okay. Some have, some have not. For those of you who have not, let me give you a quick description that hopefully is helpful to some of us who has been a while since we've read this book. The author basically says that there are five main ways that we can feel love and that we can show our love to others. The first of these is physical touch, such as a handshake or a hug or a kiss. The second of these is words of affirmation such as telling somebody you like their haircut or that they did a good job. The third one is gifts, such as giving someone flowers or chocolate. The fourth of these is acts of service. And this would be like doing dishes for someone or making a meal for them. And then the fifth one 
is quality time. Such as talking with somebody and giving them your undivided attention. So the author says, out of these five love languages, that each of us humans have one primary love language, which is the way that we most feel loved. The author goes on to say that whatever our primary love language is, that is the default way that we go about trying to express our love to someone else. So this can sometimes cause some frustration or misunderstanding in a relationship. For example, a newlywed husband is completely focused on physical touch. And his poor wife is just thinking to herself, can this guy just do the dishes? But enough about me and my life. <laughs> what do you think Jesus's primary love language is? Any guess? Everything's been quiet this morning. As I was reflecting on this gospel reading and trying to understand these loves, I think I discovered the answer. I think Jesus' primary love language is acts of service. In the Gospel of John, Jesus says, There is no greater love than this than for one to lay down one's life for one's friend. Jesus goes on to say in the Gospel of Matthew, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as ransom for the man. So to try to understand what Jesus is talking about with these woes, let's try looking at them through the lens of love and from the perspective of the one who is love. Woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Okay, here's how much Jesus valued money. He entrusted the money bag that was to take care of the financial needs of Jesus and the apostles to a thief. Right before this gospel reading that we heard, the verse immediately before us tells us that Judas was selected as one of the twelve. And Judas was arguably the richest apostle. Judas was there when Jesus said, Woe to you who are rich. Judas heard these words, but he didn't listen to them. The way Judas got rich was by stealing and by selling out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Let's say you take 30 of your dollars, you buy a University of Toledo hoodie, and you give to somebody that you see asking for help on a street corner. The reality is, you are now $30 less rich. But this sacrifice, this act of service, delights Jesus, the one who is stripped of his clothing and hung naked on the cross. Woe to you who are ill now, for you will be hungry. Bishop Fulton Sheen said that there's really two philosophies in life. The first is the pagan philosophy of first the feast, then the fast. And then there's the Christian philosophy of first the fast, then the feast. The reality is, 
When we are hungry, that is when we most appreciate food. As Jesus hung upon the cross, he was not filled. He was hungry. Yet, over the last 2,000 years, Jesus has made a meal for millions. Jesus said, Woe to you who lack now, for you will grieve and weep. Here I'm thinking of the king who has his court jester making him laugh, while he's oblivious to the suffering of his people right outside the wall. Or bringing it a little bit closer to home, I'm thinking of the person who's laughing at Netflix videos and YouTube videos while neglecting the emotional needs of a loved one that they care for, who is sad, depressed, suffering, maybe at the end of life in a nursing home or hospital, or maybe right within their own home. When we pause the button on laughing, and we hit play on taking care of the emotional needs of those that we love and care for, this makes Jesus very happy. Remember, many of those who loved and cared for Jesus were not there during his darkest hour. The vast majority of the apostles were someplace else they presumably deemed way less bad. Jesus said, Woe to you when all speak well of you, for the ancestors of the false, treated the false prophets in this way. Having a reputation and people speaking well of us as our primary focus with our decision making is extremely dangerous spiritually. We've probably all been in a situation like this where somebody asks you a question and you really have two options. The first option is to tell them what they want to hear. The other option is to tell them the truth. If people think well of us because of the lie we told them that they wanted to hear, woe to us. There are times when the popular thing to do at the table is to not give thanks to God for the food that's in front of us. There's times when the popular thing to do is to go to the sporting event with friends and skip pass. In these moments, Jesus delights in the acts of service that we choose. If you want to picture the most blessed person who has ever walked the face of the earth, this is it. As Jesus hung upon the cross, he was not rich, as he had no money. As Jesus hung upon the cross, he was not filled, as he was hungry. As Jesus hung upon the cross, he was not lacking. As Jesus hung upon the cross, people were not speaking well of him. They jeered at him and reviled him. Why? Because this great act of service is how Jesus shows his love for you. Friends, today Jesus says to each one of us, I have shown you how much I love you with the ultimate act of service. Love me and one another the way that I have loved you. Now how will we respond to this love that we have been given? <laughs>